Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Laugh Spin Podcast. My name is Dylan Godino and I'm the founder and editor of LaughSpin.com, a place online where you hopefully go for all of your comedy news. And in addition to news, I hope it's where you go to check out our exclusive interviews and videos and audio and all sorts of good stuff having to do with the world of comedy. I should also let you know that the Laugh Spin Podcast is part of the All Things Comedy Network, which means if you go to allthingscomedy.com, you will find podcasts hosted by the likes of Bill Burr, Al Madrigal of The Daily Show, Ari Shafir, Tom Papa, Tom Rhodes, Eddie Pepitone, and many others. The list goes on and on, so you should check that out. What we usually do on the Laugh Spin Podcast, in fact, we do it every week. Myself and co-host Mike deliver a bunch of outstanding news, basically ripped from the headlines of LaughSpin.com, everything about the world of comedy. We listen to fun audio clips from new releases of comedians, uh, from cool comedian appearances on the television, or what have you. But some weeks, we unleash a special episode. And this episode, the very one to which you're listening to now, is a special one because we have a great guest. His name is Brian Regan, and he's one of the best comedians of our time. It's a fact. Ask any true comedy nerd, ask any famous comedian, ask them. Say, hey, famous comedian, can you name some of the best comics working today? And that famous comedian, I guarantee you, will mention Brian Regan. So, who is Brian Regan? If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you know who Brian Regan is. For those of you who, uh, for whatever reason, may not be familiar with Brian, um, I'll tell you a little bit about him. He's been performing uh, for well over 20 years, but he really started making a name for himself after the release of his first album, which came in 1997, simply titled Brian Regan Live. If you do not have that album, by all means, go and download it now immediately. You will not be disappointed. It's sort of become one of the most beloved contemporary comedy albums. Uh, after that, he went on to self-release his DVD, I Walked on the Moon, in 2004. He followed that up with two Comedy Century specials. One was called Standing Up in 2007, and the other one in 2008 was called The Epitome of Hyperbole, or The Epitome of Hyperbole, if you, if you want to say it with Regan's joke in mind. Um, and in 2011, he self-released his album All By Myself, which you can snag through brianregan.com. And by the way, that's the same place you could check out his current tour dates, of which there are many. And speaking of tour dates, he's one, he's really one of a very small handful of comedians who can consistently sell out theaters across the nation. And he's the only one, as far as I can tell, who does it without a single acting credit to his name. He's never been in a television series or a movie that, that kind of helped him gain the attention of the masses. Thousands of people go to see him every year because of what he does on stage and what he does on stage alone. It's an impressive thing, and he's an impressive dude and a really super cool guy as well. 
Um, so I chatted with him backstage uh, somewhat recently at the Bergen County Performing Arts Center in Englewood, New Jersey, and we talked a bit about his current tour. We also talked about his career trajectory, where he sees himself going in the next few years. We talked about his kids. We talked about some hell gigs he's had, about how he deals with hecklers, and much, much more. So without further ado, here's my interview with the mighty Brian Regan. Enjoy. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate you... Uh Thank you. Taking the time to, uh, to, talk, to talk to me. Thank you. It's, I've it's, always appreciated your support over the years. Aw. Always means a lot to me. Seriously. I, I, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No sweat. We all, we all just... appreciation. There's a on. lot of appreciation in this room. Let me, let me set the stage. Uh, we, are, we are... Where are we? We're in Bergen County, New Jersey. This is uh, minutes after your first show of the night. Uh-huh. So what, I mean, f- first of all, thank you for taking the time. Uh, I know you could probably be uh, relaxing or, or do, what, what do you usually do between shows? Um, kids don't listen, right? I yeah. do a lot of cocaine. Okay. I do a lot of um, cocaine uh, drugs. Yeah. Show you how much I know about. <laughs> <laughs> about drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I do cocaine drugs. Yeah. I, um, I hear they're good. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite drugs is cocaine drugs. No, uh, now if there are kids listening, that was that was an off the wall joke. <laughs> I don't do cocaine drugs. I do the exact opposite, not cocaine drugs. All right, awkward start to your interview. Well, that's okay. That's okay. We that that that's fine. <laughs> drug talk is is good. <laughs> I've been I've been trying to do. Uh, I I was never a big drug person, Brian. Um. But now that I have, I have two children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have children yourself. Yes. I've been really thinking about not doing drugs, but but trying to become a better drinker. Oh, that's a good goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> a better drinker. A better drinker. Like a person that, okay. that knows who can, somebody who can do it uh, economically and, uh, and effectively. I like when people like, they clearly have a problem with drinking yeah. and, but they don't realize to the degree and like their, uh, their solutions, like, you, you know, they're not even close to the proper solution. I've decided <laughs> once I do five shots of tequila, then I have to, that has to be it. You know, I will, I, that's all I allow myself is a six pack of beer and five shots. <laughs> and then that's, that's it, you know, for like, for like a weekday, weekends, it's it's like a 12 pack and and eight shots but then i know that that's it like no more you know well i mean it's it's at least they set some sort of parameter sure i guess that's better than just complete caution to the wind right <laughs> <clears throat> but seriously what what would you be doing now cuz well this is a little unusual that we have uh Two shows, you know. It's usually it's a one show yeah, yeah. deal. So uh, I get here, I just kind of hang out. Um, I have my little, as you can see right here, my little paper with my rough ideas, and I just go over that little one word tickler reminder kind of things. You right. know, um, I like to do that and uh, hit the stage and just hopefully, you know, try to hit a couple of things that might not work. And then afterwards, a lot of times we're like out really quickly. You know, like this weekend, we're actually staying in Philadelphia. So, you know, sometimes after shows, it's a real quick, you know, hop on the 
the bus thing and back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and, and I like that about your shows. I saw you uh, in March when I was in Grand, I was in Grand Rapids for the, the Gilda's Laugh Fest. Ah. So I saw that show and I saw this show, which really, you know, as far as seeing a headlining comic, really not too far apart. Hmm. And uh, unless my memory is really bad, the shows were pretty different. They were, they were pretty different. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I mean, sometimes, like, if it's a charity thing, I might put a little bit more of a, I don't know, a, a lot of older stuff mixed with newer stuff, whereas yeah. if I'm just doing a show that I know is in front of people who know me, you know, I try to do mostly the newer stuff. I like to do stuff from the last couple of years. Yeah. That's, that's the main body of my show. I might sneak and you know, do another, a few older bits if I'm working on them or you need them as a transition or something. But um, here's my here's my least favorite heckle in my life, in my career. I was on stage and what I try to do is once something is on a CD or a DVD or something like that, sure. then I try to move away from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, but you can't do it on a dime. Right. So I'm doing a show, I don't know where I was, I'm doing a show and I... I had done about a half hour of stuff that I knew was not on anything. It wasn't like on a CD or a DVD. Yeah, yeah. But then I thought, okay, I need a, an old bit to transition from one thing into the next. So I do the old bit, and a guy in the back yells, heard it. <laughs> oh, God. Man, man, oh, man. Are we allowed to strangle people in this community? Can I strangle him and get off? I mean, geez, buddy, what do I got to do for you? How long was that? Was that some, somewhat recent? Yeah, about a year ago. Wow, you know? what a so jerk! You can't please everybody. What an idiot! Yeah. And as a comic, uh, I've 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 talked to a few of you guys, mm -hmm. you comics. As a comic, you will then fixate on that person for yes. the rest of the show. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, and I'm not above that. I. Uh, I can well sometimes I can be above it sometimes I can't you know it used to be like in a comedy club or something like that you would you can see more people up front and the yeah. one person that's not smiling or laughing that's the one you you zone in right of course but I've learned like in these kind of venues here I just if I see like somebody with that kind of vibe I just immediately go look over look over on top just let this guy go right right because I think I got to go for the majority you know yeah but yeah, it is a weird uh, personality trait that we all have. And and now, I mean, you've been doing this for uh, a few years now, where you'll you'll actually you'll you'll finish your main set and you'll come back and you'll do um, some 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 older material. And um, I mean, it's it's almost it's very it's very much like a musician where you you come out and you start talking, and then as soon as people and it just it just happened a few minutes ago, as <laughs> soon as people hear the first few words of uh, uh of a joke you get a, you get a short applause break it's kind of yeah, like well. you know when like some other when when a band you know starts i don't know they strum the first few chords of a song and it doesn't hit right away and then everybody starts going nuts it's like it's like you're it's like you're bringing out songs believe me it's incredibly flattering and it feels great to uh to know that you know, I, I know I do it as a bit sometimes where I say comedy is supposed to have a surprise. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the nature of comedy is there's supposed to be a surprise. But for whatever reason, people are okay with me redoing these things that clearly they know <laughs> the ending to. Um, I scratch my head wondering why that's okay with them. But um, 
I'm all right with it, man. You, you it's know, like, all right, I can do a little five to ten minute encore. Yeah. These people have heard it before, but they're fine hearing it again. But I've, I, I've tried to be careful to make that just at the very yep. end and not the body of the show. If somebody shouts out in the main part of my show... As kindly as possible, I try to make it clear that nah, I don't want to. I don't want right, to right. like a, be a monkey boy up here, you know. Right, and that's captured in uh, in one of your uh, hour specials when I forgot which one it was now, uh, but it was, oh, it was one of the Comedy out. Central ones. The the, the about the, the the sun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, in fact, you know, we tape two shows, and you take the best of you know whatever for for the special. Sure. And I was sitting with the editor. And uh, at that moment when I think it was like a kid like yells out or a young guy or something like that yells out, I was just prepared to go, all right, we need to drop this and take the right, tape right. from the other show. And then the guy looked at me and he wasn't that familiar with my stuff. And he goes, uh, so what do you think? And I'm like, well, we got to drop this. Right, right. And he's like, I don't know. It sounded pretty good. <laughs> and I went, okay, well, let me listen to it again. And I was like, all right, let's keep it, man. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> You're the editor. Yeah, I, I, it's it's great to get that. I mean, even in comedy specials, you know, you you want them to be as polished and, and tight as possible, and you want, you know, because people are, are watching on television or they're they're spending you know a few bucks on it. You want it to be polished, but I think people really do appreciate that organic uh, that organic feel that you only really get when you're when you're in the when you're in the crowd. So you give uh, the audience at home. Uh, a taste of that and actually it happened again on uh, the album uh, on um, All By Myself didn't it when somebody's the whole vampire when you started oh uh, yeah yeah somebody yelled out on that too so uh, you so know, it's like a thing now now you have to do it one moment you know if it works <laughs> but you know you don't want to go too far and have people think oh we oh, that's they want us yelling. right it's, it's a slippery slope very very much so you know yeah you can't give them you can't give them too much rope you know, you talk about um, the audience reaction stuff. Years ago, I did a thing on Showtime, and it was like a half-hour special. And usually, like, when they edit it together, if they get a, an audience reaction shot, you try to find somebody who's <laughs> laughing. Right. You know, who's sure. somewhat engaged or amused. And I don't know why. I think it was the Showtime thing. They cut away, and it was just this woman just looking at me with this <laughs> dumbfounded look. And her mouth was just like... It, it was it was like, what in the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, why did they include this? You know. So now I try to be, I try to help edit if I can. Yeah. Can yeah, you yeah. show some people who like me? <laughs> Were there any? But was there anybody there that liked me? Can you show? Can we show them? Right. You would think that was a that would be a given. <laughs> yeah. But now you have to make sure they include some of that. I did a corporate show one time. Uh, this just made me think of it. And uh, they had video screens, uh, big giant video screens. And it was this big giant event. There was like three or 4,000 people in this big giant ballroom. So they had video screens, which can be helpful because people can like. Sure. But they had a guy who I don't, I don't think he knew anything about comedy. He was like, I didn't realize there were different cameras taking video of different things. Right. So the guy thought it would be, the guy started showing audience shots, you know, and at first, and but I can't see what's behind me. I don't know what he's cutting to. Right. So I'm in the middle of my bed and then I hear, yay, and I'm like, that has nothing to do with my joke. And I look back and I see, oh, they've got a video of the CEO or something. So I'm like, oh, oh who's God. that? You know, so I got to play off that. Right. And then the guy, I'm just doing a bit and at the setup, people start howling and I'm like, well, that's not right. And I look back and the guy had just zoomed in on an old Japanese businessman sleeping at his table. 
<laughs> like, what, what are you? What are you? You're killing me. You're killing me here, man. So I'm like, hey, look, he he doesn't like my show. Anybody else who doesn't like me, you show everybody who doesn't like me, and then I can never possibly get out of this hole. That's a, it's that's an interesting a commentary on people who there. There's people who get comedy culture a mm. little bit, and then there's people who really think that you flew in. And got on stage and just started talking about whatever. I mean, that, that guy shooting, I mean, that must have, because obviously, you know, I don't think, it, it didn't sound like he's doing anything maliciously, but he, no, I think he, he literally thinks funny. you're like a clown. Right. And I'll just show things and this guy yeah. will just comment on whatever I I'll throw spice up it there. up. Maybe he's a very famous uh, video producer now. Yes, yes. You never know. <laughs> so uh, I, I mentioned I mentioned uh, the album uh, briefly all by myself. Thank you. Uh, that you that you self that you self released, and mm-hmm. it's interesting. You self released it, but um, kind of under the radar. You, you know, it it wasn't like a big stink. And then, like a year later or a year and a half later, Louis C.K. self released his stuff, and now everybody's self releasing stuff. But I feel like you were the guy that that really did it first, and I and I think it's well, I think it's amazing that people are doing yeah. it now. I mean, I'm I wouldn't even try to take any thing away from louis ck he's brilliant he's a genius and um and i think what he did was different in that it was i think it was like a live thing that you could kind of watch once or something like that on his yeah well you could it was a video yeah you could you could download it or stream it it and yeah it was a little different yours was an album exclusively so anyway but uh you know it there's pros and cons to releasing things by yourself yeah. If you have a following, then releasing it by yourself is cool because you have a following that would already knows your work and like, oh, I might want to, you know, I might want to check this out. But like if you're trying to get a following, it's harder, I think, to get people to, to tune in because they don't know who you are yet. Yeah. So that's why, you know, I think uh, it's always a trade off. You know, it's like you're going to make more money if you self-release, if you do have a following. Right. But if you don't have a following yet, maybe it's better to try to get on Comedy Central or something like that yeah. and, and just get eyeballs on it and make your money later. Sure, sure. I don't know. I and don't so know it, about business. Is that... I'm trying to pretend like I... <laughs> <laughs> is like that... I know something. What... I mean, is that how you're going to... I go, I go back and forth. Yeah. You know, like I, I also self-released a DVD a number of years ago called I Walked on the Moon. Right. So my first thing was... Uh, CD through Uproar Productions, right? And then it was, and then I self-released a DVD, and then the next two specials were Comedy Central specials, yep, which they released as uh, DVDs, hour specials. Mm-hmm. That's, and then the last one was uh, the one I self-released, right? But I would think the next one that I would probably want to again get it out to the people. You know what I mean? Like Got uh, it. something on a network or something like that. And how how close are you to to doing that? I hope soon. I mean, you know, once I get like a new hour stuff that I know isn't on anything, I want to I want to record it. I start getting antsy, man. I want to like feel like uh, once I get something kind of tight and I get an hour that's feeling kind of tight, I want to record it so it's there. You know what I mean? It's okay. That's that comedy. I I did that. I'm proud of it. It's still there if anybody wants to watch it. Right. But then I can start working on new stuff. Right. I, I get I get bored, man, just doing the same thing over and over again. You know, I need to move on. It feels funnier to be on stage and 
I like that feeling of virgin snow, running in virgin snow, and uh, wow, these are brand new footprints, you know? It's like, I don't know what's, I don't know if there's a laugh here or not. If you know too much that there's a laugh, I start getting, I don't know, it, it feels like too complacent. Yeah. Like you're kind of watching yourself do, do your act. Yeah, exactly. You're just performing it and you're not, it feels less like comedy and more like a performance. Right. And I want it to be a little of both, you know? I like not knowing what's going to happen between the cracks and, and the bit uh, and the bits and go, all right, where am I going with this? Where am I going with that? And I like to, that scary feeling on stage. Yeah. Of knowing where a laugh is. Yeah. And I think it's fun for the, for the audience as well to see you experiment and to see you, you know, you know, if something falls flat a little bit at, you know, to, to see you work your way out of it. And a lot of times from what I've noticed, you know, sometimes, you know, you working your way out, you know, of a, of a hole, if you even want to call it a hole, gets gets a really big laugh. Well, it's like we have the ultimate luxury of being comedians that, uh, you know, it's one of the few occupations where you can mess up and then just make fun of the fact that you messed up <laughs> yeah. and then you're okay. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, take advantage of that. You know, yeah. brain surgeons can't do that. <laughs> I got the wrong side of his head. You believe that? I was, the lines over here, I got the wrong side. Oh, well. You know, you, you can't like laugh your way out of uh, certain other occupations. But I think, too, if you do too many foul balls, then the audience starts going, wait a second, what's going on with this guy? So I think they'll give you, a, you know, a handful of foul balls. But then for the most part, you want to be giving them some pretty solid laughs. Yeah. You want some you want some jokes. Yeah. Some tried and true jokes. A lot of bookending going on up there. Here's the new thing, and I put the strong thing in the front and the strong thing on the other side. That's right. So if people knew, they could go, we could go, we could go buy a soft drink. <laughs> this is the thing in the middle between the good stuff. <laughs> so that was good. Now we go get a, a sarsaparilla, and then he does something that we probably won't like. We come back with our cold sarsaparilla, and it's the end of the bookend. It's the other side of the bookend. Have you been doing a lot of shows in the, in the wild, wild west? <laughs> I'm doing there's not a lot of comedians that do a saloon tour I'm doing I'm doing all the best <laughs> comedy saloons out there <laughs> rip roaring shoot 'em up comedy this weekend with Brian Regan yeah I like it I would go to that sure why not? 10 gallon hats for everybody can you yeah a, a take luck 10 gallon hat I performed years ago when I was out on the road and uh it was my first time in Texas did a couple shows in Houston. Then I did a show in College Station. And then the last show of the run was in Lubbock, Texas. Never been up there. Walked in the comedy club and they had a sign. You know, out front is like a bar area. Then they had a sign where you go into the showroom. And it said, uh, and it said, please take off your hats. And it had a picture of like a cowboy hat. Please take off your hats, you know, as a respect to the performers. I'm like, wow. They got to tell people to take off their cowboy hats. This is weird. <laughs> so people coming in with, they were literally had 10 gallon hats. They would come in. Oh, well, that sign says we should take these off during the show. So people behind us could see. Oh, is that why? Yeah. Oh, it was a logistical thing. I think it, I think it was that. Okay. Um, so <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. 10 gallon hats. Take off your hats. I don't know if it was actually ten gallons. I didn't. I didn't grab a hat and, and a well. They probably would have murdered. They probably would have murdered you 
for touching their hats. Right. And then right. They're savages in Texas. This interview wouldn't be happening. <laughs> Whatever happened to Brian Reed? Oh, he took a hat off a cowboy. Uh, say no more. Yeah, he took a cat off, a hat off a cowboy in Lubbock, Texas. So he he doesn't perform anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows where he is now. So you're 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 touring. You just you just announced. Um, and we just actually we put it we put it on the site on on, on laughspin.com. So if you're listening to this and you want uh, to know, uh, you're in the middle of uh, your first leg of this tour. Is that accurate? Or is this the, is it, it, it's it's a never ending. It's, a, it's just never ending, Brian. Tour. But but there's a we second. We realize one. that if we just break the tour into half half a year segments yeah. and announce okay the next half of 13 is now available and right. just do it all at once yep. as opposed to just rolling them out rolling them out one at a time that way you can do a little media thing you can do some radios sure. you can do some print and uh, just have something to talk about and say all right the whole second half of two thir- 2013 is out and then, you know, five months down the road, then I'll announce the start of 2014. Right, right. And, and it seems to be working pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It seems you, you, you seem to be doing okay, Brian. Wow. I'm, I think you've got a future ahead of you. I'm gonna <laughs> this comedy game. Keep trying. Keep trying. So how often, where do you, you live in Vegas? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have two children? Two children. 14-year-old boy. Oh, my God. Nine-year-old girl. Oh, my God. You said you have two. I have two. I have, uh, we have a um, uh, four-year-old. He's like four and a half. And then I have another guy who uh, is just about two. So. All right. Yeah. It's intense. I was on stage one time and uh, I was going into some kid stuff and uh, there's a guy in the front. I said, you have kids? He goes, yeah. I said, how many? He goes, ah, five or six. What kind of answer is that? I have five or six kids. You should you should count them. Next time you're having a family dinner, count count them, and then you'll know next time somebody asks. You know you you won't have to like ballpark it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hysterical. That's that's a guy who was I think was just trying to relax and forget about stuff for a while and you you forced him back into reality into reality we had to think he's like i don't know we got five or six I, I just don't know do your bit do, do some stuff come on you talk <laughs> clearly <laughs> i don't want to and i can't <laughs> so four, 14 and what nine. Oh my god 14 year old boy nine year old girl yeah, so it's great. I love it. Is the is the fourteen year old uh, uh, I, I, and the nine year old are they are they into comedy at all? Are they? They're both very funny themselves. They yeah. make me laugh, um, and uh, they travel with me quite a bit. They're not with me on this run. They uh, hang out, you know, backstage. They do their homework while I'm performing. Uh, once a weekend, I let them watch five minutes of my show i don't want them to watch my whole show every night and start rolling their eyes at oh do we got to listen to this again so i try to it's like they can watch five minutes you know we have a nanny that travels and she'll yeah. like to set them you know in their little chairs and um it feels great you know to know that i want them it's more important that i don't know it's like i want them to like what I do and I don't want them to be bored with it you know right one of my best experiences ever on stage was uh, 
one of the first times my boy saw me as an outdoor kind of deal, and I was uh, on stage, and I looked back, and he was sitting uh, like where I could see him, and he was like laughing, like he was. Like, and I just I, I wanted to stop the show and go, folks. I could care less about the rest of you. <laughs> that boy thinks I'm funny, man. It just it was it was really something else. That's great. So that that's great that they get to travel and uh, yeah. you got the bus situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's works good. Out pretty good. That's very good. Do they um do they watch uh do they watch other comedians? Do they do they are they big like Comedy Central fans or is it just kind of No, we don't really I, I don't really like be when I'm done with what I do and I got done with a weekend or something like that, I don't like to live yeah, the yeah. comedy thing. I take that hat off and, you know, like even when they're with me during the day, we're doing touristy stuff. Sure, sure. And, you know, um, we were in Seattle about a month ago, and there was a an art museum right near our hotel. So we went to this art museum, and it had like paintings from 16th century artists and stuff like that. Just beautiful art. And then the very next, and then we hopped in a cab, and then we went to one of those duck tours. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Where they give you the duck whistles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> about a contrast I mean we just went it's like a diver coming up too quick you know and it gets the bends or whatever it's like this was just a cultural shock from these beautiful paintings and now we're we're quack 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 <laughs> <laughs> yep it all happened in the same day kids there's a lot of extremes in this world that's beautiful and they'll they'll always remember those things yeah yeah it was uh, it was fun man that's good. So what's 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 next for Brian Regan? I don't know. I mean, I I'm the stand up thing. I I will probably do that for a long time. You know, if I can get a a network interested in letting me do a a TV thing, I would love to do that. But I'm kind of at a point where I'd want it to be what I want it to be. You yeah. know what I mean, um, and if you know, a lot of times these networks have you know, they got their hands in on the creative stuff and that's fine. That's their world. They can do what they want. But you know, if, if I'm not going to get an opportunity to kind of do what I want, then I'm really, I don't really need it. Right. I mean, I, I, I love doing this. I sure. like the autonomy of being a comedian. Yeah. It'd dude. be very hard for me to give that up at this point. Yeah. You'd have to listen to a bunch of people. I don't want to be around others. I I'm with this you. world would be a great place if it weren't for others. I'm, Others is what others is the problem. I I agree with you. <laughs> well, when you're on stage and you say you have problems uh, talking to people, and you know you 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 kind of uh, you point out the fact that that sounds strange since you're talking to you know uh, a thousand <laughs> yeah. people. Uh, I totally I totally get that. I don't want, I don't want to talk. I don't want to hang out with people. You know, I'm not saying you're antisocial or you're like no, me. No, no, it's it's true. But, There's certain comfort zones that all human beings have and some you would think naturally people would be small the smaller the group the more comfortable they would be but that's not always necessarily the case yeah i can stand in front of you know a lot of people in a showroom and i feel like i'm more in control and that i can handle that situation years ago johnny carson i remember being interviewed and he said that um he's much more comfortable hosting his show than he was going to a party Mm -hmm. Uh, because he said that he had no control at the party everybody's doing their thing and uh and I remember at the time I was just getting into comedy thinking, how weird is that? And then I realized, wow, I guess that is kind of interesting, you know, 
And I, um, not that I'm trying to compare myself to Johnny Carson, but I, I get the, uh, why are you comparing yourself to Johnny Carson? <laughs> Don't yes. you feel that's a little, uh, uh-huh. and another, and George Washington and I, um, <laughs> we have some similar traits, uh, and me and Abe Lincoln, um, we both <laughs> feel the same way about a lot of things. Yeah. Now I should pick somebody who's really, really stupid and bad and compare myself to them. And then I can bring it back down, you know, but I don't want to say anybody. Right, don't you don't anybody's feelings, so we'll just let that go. Donald Trump? I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying anything <laughs> negative about anybody. <laughs> He's a good man with a good heart. Um, <laughs> I think you just fear intimacy. Let's uh, psychoanalyze you. Well, no, you don't. I'm just no, trying. no. I mean, with uh, you know, a significant other, I don't. But I mean, like. Uh, there's certain like small groups you know that thing i did tonight it's kind of new and that's the i'm realizing more and more that people less often ask what do you think Mm -hmm. and i love conversations when everybody's just I, i like to talk about politics i like to talk about religion i like to talk about very controversial things but only around people who are who kind of have the same vibe like we're all just trying to figure this out right what do you think what do you think really you believe in god you don't tell me why you do or why you don't right but when somebody's not interested in hearing what you have to say then it's like well this isn't fun yeah you know so i i I tend to gravitate away from people who don't throw the what do you think into their conversation sure i think that's normal there's a lot of people like that man a lot of people me my thoughts <laughs> those are my thoughts now you leave uh what was this all about why why are we all together to listen to you you know so yeah it's but it's an- it's fun to be able to do something like that on stage and go eh, other people feel this way it's a very comforting feeling it's like it's like therapy but with a thousand people yeah i mean that's i mean that's that's the draw that's why i'm obsessed with comedy that's why i i still pursue you know new stand-up comedians that's why i go to it's i like listening to to comedians because they make me feel like a human being like Mm -hmm. like less of a piece of shit (laughs) uh you know depending on the comic you get a you, you get a different vibe right um you know, uh, it's cliche at this point, but, you know, comedy is all about being relatable. And, you know, if you're not relating to, uh, you know, some comedians are more relatable than others. But I mean, that's 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 really, you know, what it, what it's all about. It's I, I feel comfort. I feel great comfort going to a comedy show because, uh, I mean, a laughing is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and B, it's nice to hear somebody talk about the things that, you know, make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. And so I feel less bad. Yes. Yeah, it's comforting to realize we're not alone. Yeah. And then when the show's over, it's like, I want to be alone. (laughs) (laughs) Now that I know none of us want to be alone, (laughs) leave me alone. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, uh, Brian, listen, thank you so much for for chatting with me. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Uh, and I mean it from uh, what I said before. It's like you've always been really cool and, uh, you know, said good things about my comedy and stuff like that. And it's greatly appreciated. I, thank you. I, I appreciate you you noticing. No sweat. Have a good second show, Brian Regan. Thank you. And there you have it. 
Thanks to Brian Regan for spending some time with me. And thanks to you guys for tuning into the Laugh Spin podcast. For Brian's current tour dates, like I said at the top of the show, check out brianregan.com. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Laugh Spin podcast, please do so on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Uh, you could also go to tunein.com and subscribe to us there. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to drop me a line at Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, at LaughSpin.com. And be sure to follow us on the Twitter at LaughSpin.com and on Facebook and Tumblr. And of course, you should also be checking out LaughSpin.com every day, many times a day, for a constant stream of info on the world of comedy. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time on the LaughSpin podcast. See y'all.